Welcome to How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation, a podcast by eClerks. We explore how AI and machine learning are being used to scale businesses from end to end. But that's not all. In each episode, our industry experts dive deep into topics like AI-enabled sales optimization, predictive analytics, AI-powered marketing, and machine learning for product personalization. I promise to give you the goods, the insights, and the strategies that you need to grow your business. I'm your host, Nicholas Cole. Thank you for joining me on today. Today, we have an amazing show planned for you. Today, I have joining me Tracy Weringer. She is the founder and chief marketing officer of Moonshot Strategy. They work with some of the biggest brands out there. They've worked with the likes of Gold's Gym, Prudential Financial, and many more. And so on today, we're going to talk about data analytics, generative AI, AI, technology in general. And so I'm super excited to have Tracy with us. And so before we dive into that, Tracy, why don't you let us know just a little bit more about yourself and Moonshot Strategy. Sounds wonderful, Nicholas. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. So yeah, Tracy Weringer, I've been in marketing for hmm, three decades. <laughs> keep getting the hair dyed, so keeping it young. But yeah, so like you said, been very inquisitive with technology as part of my journey and why we're here with AI. I just absolutely, once that last November when Sam launched OpenAI and the world went crazy, right? <laughs> I definitely jumped in with both feet, learn and understand. So yeah, this whole new world is just super interesting to me on what it can do, what I see it do, and what I'm having it impact and influence a lot of my clients as well. So your company, which it fascinates me, your company takes data, data analytics, and it helps drive success for organizations. And so just in a nutshell, give us an idea, like what is data analytics? Sure, absolutely. So. With my background and experience and my journey is really looking at the data of my client. So whether it's an output from their CRM system, if it's Salesforce, HubSpot, or if they're into any of the BI tools, Microsoft, Tableau, getting that understanding, looking at the data. What is my goal looking at the data? What is the problem? that I'm trying to uncover or solve for? Is there latency in the sales process? That's one of the top problems I see in clients or prospective clients is the fact that in the sales cycle, taking somebody from unaware of a brand through the sales stages down to close one, there's usually latency in some of those stages, right? Depending on the segmentation of who they're trying to go after, right? Who their buyer is. So a lot of my time is looking at the latency in those different stages. So I'll look at that as one aspect of it. And another aspect of the data I look at is understanding who the buyer, the persona, 
or the ideal customer profile or the buying committee, understanding from a content assessment, looking at that data, what are they engaging with? What are they behaving with? What is enabling that content to mitigate any path forward, right? Making sure that they are moving forward at a rapid speed to buy, to purchase, whatever it is, to sign the purchase order, to buy, purchase. So a lot of that data I look at as well. And then the other data from that same marketing or sales lens is understanding the different marketing channels that are out there, right? What is the client using? What are they not using? And understanding from that lens as well, what is the data telling us? And then one aspect I do want to bring forward is a lot of folks, obviously with ABM account-based marketing, as we run forward into 2024, is the fact that a lot of prospects that I've seen a lot of clients and a lot that I've been reading about is the fact that some of the marketers are focusing on not the right ideal customer profile, right? So it's really uncovering, looking at that data holistically is data analysis, right? <laughs> kind of going through it. But yeah, it's a fun journey. I love the data aspect of it and uncovering it. So yeah, definitely. That's amazing. So Google <laughs> recently had some big news that they announced. They said that it'll soon be phasing out cookies as far as on the Chrome browser. And so as it relates to data analytics, technology, companies going from where they are to where they really want to be, is that a benefit or how would that kind of affect the ability to collect data and then gain insights? from? Well, there's other aspects to use within companies that are going for account-based marketing, right? There's solutions out there called intent data. So companies like Sixth Sense, they'll be able to look at holistically where the prospect is in their buying journey. Are they in the consideration stage? Are they in the decision stage? And the ability of understanding where they are at that given time allows companies that are reaching out to those folks the ability to have the right content, the right messaging for that role and that where they are in that stage. So there's intent data out there that you could utilize. And then the other aspect is UTM coding for marketers. So UTMs are very powerful with providing return on investment and mapping every touch point, every content piece, every channel, map it back to these systems. So that would definitely help mitigate some of those issues. Awesome. So in your experience, so you obviously dealt with data, data analytics for a long time in marketing in general. And so matter of fact, you've been described as a marketing mastermind. And so, so I just want to pick your brain a little bit more on this. We talked about data and AI that's emerging. What are some challenges that you see some organizations face? Some organizations say, hey, I know we should use data, 
we're all in, we want to do this stuff, but we really don't know where to start. We really don't know what to do. So what are some challenges that you see some organizations face? Nicholas, that's still what surprises me in 2024 as we head into here that there is still an issue with data. I just wrote an article on LinkedIn probably about a month ago about the importance of trusting your data, especially if you're going to be using any type of AI tool, whether it's machine learning, deep learning, the data has to be near perfect, right? And so in that article that I wrote, I researched and came through through looking at Gartner and Forrester and different publications out there that less than 20% of CEOs globally trust their data. So you think of that, right? So the problem lies that data siloed, data is in different systems. If they don't have a comprehensive plan on bringing forth data from all these different systems that are out there. Remember, <laughs> over the last probably, what, eight, 10 years, there's all different types of, when you look at marketing and sales and customer success tech stacks, the amount of tech stacks that you could get is just mind-blowing. And so... What I've seen is that different departments will have their own way of tracking data. There's not this comprehensive strategy when it comes to data strategy, right? And then you layer on GRDP, like GR or data governance. What does that look like from a global lens, from that data lens, right? And then you still talk to sales and they're working in their Excel spreadsheets that aren't even in any system that they put out Salesforce or HubSpot, but there's not that accountability to make sure that sales is updating those records. So, like I said, I've written a couple articles on LinkedIn about the importance of your data strategy and what does that data look like? Because as we get into the conversation about deep learning, that's replicating, it's artificial intelligence, but it's replicating our brain neurons. And if you're going to be putting that level of deep learning into your system, so you could really understand where is the attrition in the organization? Why are those customers leaving? And really get a deep dive of your data. You need to have clean data. And for me, and I, 2024 needs to be about data. So yeah, it's so problematic today. It's incredible. Right. So there's actually a quote out there that says, I mean, if you don't have data, you're walking around blind. Exactly. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) And so that's the benefit to actually having data based in essence of what you're saying. And so, I mean, you're walking around blind. I mean, we're organizations want to grow, but we're not using this data, not using it properly. And so in that same vein, you mentioned data strategy. And so are there any specific strategies that you would imply? I know that organizations are different organization to organization, but are there any basic strategies that you would recommend or even some tools, some data analytics tools that you would recommend just to get started with? There are a lot of tools out there, but From a lens of really understanding 
what that strategy is going to look like. The methodology that I look at and follow at the highest level is to provide a goal. What is that KPI when it comes to data strategy that we need to understand? And then do a deep dive on understanding the discovery aspect of it, right? So data strategy, first, we need to understand what the CEO's long-term vision is. Three to five years, what does that look like? And understand what are they measuring as success? If it's a public company, what are they measuring to tell Wall Street? If they're not a public company, but what are they doing from a start to exit strategy? What do they need to measure to really show growth other than revenue? And so I understand what the CEO is looking to achieve and then working across different departments, right? So working with sales, customer success, even HR operations, revenue operations, and gaining what can we measure today and where are the data fields from a data mapping perspective? Who inputs that data? Where does that data go? Those different fields. And then I don't want to keep using missed opportunities, but isn't the data being captured, right? I've seen that a lot where the CEO is assuming that we could measure based on geography or if we want to fine tune reporting down to different product lines or where a customer will buy multiple products or multiple solutions, but they don't have the system to take that data in. So here's the CEO thinking that we could report against all this, but we actually can't. So from a data strategy, you start at the top, right? And it filters down and then looking at other aspects of that. How is sales being measured? Can we get that data? Is there a field for that data? I've worked with a couple different clients with names I can't say because of NDAs, but where they're global 500 company and still today they're looking at how to build out certain fields because they need to measure or be accountable for those the data that's in those fields right so from a data strategy it's really getting the right people in your organization together to really look at what's current the current state of the data the fields that are being recorded and what's that future state look like and how do you make sure that those fields are being mapped and the different systems have visibility into those fields? So that's a big part of it. <laughs> awesome. I want to circle back on something that you mentioned earlier. You mentioned ideal customer profile. If I'm not mistaken, the book is, it mentioned something about that. And so could you? Tell us a little bit more about the concept of the ideal customer profile and you know, how does that benefit an organization and why is that so important? So the ideal customer profile is the person that you're trying to reach and it's generally the buyer. The person, I always like to quote Selling to Vito, a book I read years ago, it's the person that has the power to say yes to purchase what everybody says no, or the person who has the power to say no when everybody says yes, right? 
So the ideal customer profile really came about after like the whole persona conversation and the verbiage around the persona grew out of what I've seen about account-based marketing, right? So understanding your target accounts and then understanding who is that ideal customer profile. And then mapped or married to that is the buying committee. So you have the account that you're targeting. And this is where AI really comes in strongly is it helps personalize that one-to-one relationship. So you have the account, you have the ideal customer profile, who is the person that is going to engage with your content and ultimately purchase. And generally, at least from a B2B lens, there is also a buying committee. So if it's a new CRM system or a tech stack where it's a bigger decision than just one person, maybe the budget goes over a certain amount, that there's this buying committee as well. So each member of the buying committee needs to have personalized content as well. And that's where the beauty of some of this machine learning with algorithms and everything else could help facilitate that personalization based on where they are in the sales stage to purchase. But the ideal customer profile, one aspect that people don't think about because you don't want to waste the time of sales. You don't want to waste the time and money and resources of marketing is who not to go after. So in this journey, going back to data is looking at close one opportunities and understand again to data strategy. Do we have who is the decision maker and what is their role, responsibility, any of the information is that are the fields there so we could gather that information, right? Is it filled by sales? So we could look at close one opportunities, see, understand who the ICP is, what role responsibility they have in the organization, and what does that organization, that account look like? And then that same lens from the buying committee, right? Or maybe it's procurement. How do they fit into this buying committee? So the item is looking at even closed lost opportunities. When you look at your closed lost, and then you gain that understanding of, well, maybe this this company, $50 billion company in this vertical, these people we're going after, but nobody bought. Or they bought and they had buyer's remorse, you know? So understanding who not to go after is huge. It really is. You're saving time, resources, and everything else. And you could put that into scaling repeatable business by going after the right person who's going to purchase. Awesome. So you mentioned machine learning. And so from a marketing perspective, our skills uh, in AI and machine learning, are they essential for marketers to be successful in their career nowadays? Absolutely, Nicholas. Absolutely. So I look at this whole new kind of technology for marketers with Gen AI with machine learning. And then as we head into really deep learning and those brain neurons, those artificial neurons that could help facilitate 
so much for marketers, right? I look at it where it should help marketers. It should help them not remove them from the process. I look at it where everybody's pretty heavy on ChatGPT, but there's other tools out there. You're going to build a PowerPoint deck. You might have beautiful AI help with a template or a starting point where a marketer who has the experience and background could bring that human lens to it. A couple of years ago, I wrote an article for Forbes magazine on the whole human to human element where B2B and B2C, those lines, those demarcation lines are really blurred. And everything we do is about building trust, building relationships, and where these tools come into play could help with all right, let me come up with some ideation on different content, looking at using AI, machine learning with the algorithms, looking at the data and what is the data helping to bring forward for that marketer to understand maybe what topics we should be talking about, what's trending, what do we see where there's higher engagement versus those that are not engaging. So from that lens, I really feel that AI is that magnifier lens for marketers, but it really takes that human element to bring it to the right level to go to market. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. 100%. (laughs) (laughs) And so you mentioned 2024 and what organizations should be doing in, in terms of data analytics and gaining insights. So in the same vein, what are you most excited about as far as technology in the realm of AI, machine learning, intelligent automation, data insights? What excites you? So, yeah, it totally excites me. <laughs> to me, it's, <laughs> it's almost like getting your AOL disk for the first time and getting onto the internet back when you had to dial up. It's, it's that excitement of what's next, what's new. What can we do? It's a new frontier. It's the wild, wild west. It's all of that, right? As soon as I read that November 2nd about OpenAI and ChatGPT year ago, whatever, I was all in. I was testing it. I was testing different systems. And I've always been an early adopter with technology. So I was just enthralled and reading everything that Sam is putting out there, taking classes by Andrew Ning from Stanford, right? He's really deep into focusing on AI and machine learning, deep learning, and talking about the whole deep learning and getting to that deep learning where you replicate our brain. It's incredible. Like you think of it, right? But what it could do for every business on going to market faster, right? You look at it with pharmaceuticals, that being data-driven and understanding the data, applying that level and being able to see now they could say, okay, the U.S. population has, what, 350 million people? What are people going to die from in the next 10 years? Overlay that, understand that, and get that to pharma where they could help not have these diseases out there, right? Eradicate those diseases. So, I mean, it's incredible. And then I read that 
recently that the science end of it, I want to bring forward is just incredible with what they're doing, but from a marketing and a business B2B side, it's amazing what we could do with customer centricity, really understanding why our customers leave. We talk about lifetime value and how important it is for the lifeblood of an organization, but this level of analysis will really help us understand why they're leaving. Do we just sign them, onboard them, and then that's it? Or does marketing really help to strategize and keep top of mind with our customers as well besides acquisition, right? You have the acquisition side of the house and then where this data really will sit and help is that lifetime value, I feel. And that's exciting. That's super exciting. There's so many clients I talk to and customers and pe- colleagues of mine that everybody's always so focused on the net new logo and acquisition and how to get them in close one opportunities, but to get them onboarded correctly where they don't have buyer's remorse and bring them all the way through to where they are amplifying your brand, drop the mic. That's awesome, right? That's exactly what everybody wants. And I think that's the excitement of AI because a lot of the focus hasn't been there. And I think that will help solidify the focus. <laughs> yeah, so that's truly amazing. I really enjoyed our conversation all today, but I have one more question that I want to ask you. And so you've talked about how you've been all in since that announcement of ChatGPT and all this and all this change is going on and the continued change that we're expecting this year. If you had an opportunity, what one person in the field of AI, machine learning, telling automation, data science, and you know, would you most like to go to lunch with? I would love to have lunch with Andrew Ning, the professor from Stanford. He's been, you know, I've taken a couple of his courses and just his knowledge, his experience, his background, his quote, you know, AI is like electricity. That's, you know, when you look at it that way, it's as important as electricity. You think of that, it's incredible. But I found his knowledge to be just incredible, you know, and I think to sit down and have lunch with him and understand from his lens what's next. What does he see in the next three to five years? I would love to hear that from him. That's amazing. So just to let you know, I love lunch. And so if you ever get that (laughs) opportunity to have lunch, make sure you send me an email and give me a call. I would love to join you guys. (laughs) Absolutely. A hundred percent. I'm sure that would be an amazing lunch. So just love to be a fly on the wall for that lunch. So. Tracy, I have really enjoyed myself on today, and I'm sure our listeners have gotten so much information on today. So I definitely appreciate you coming on. And so to our listeners, be sure to tune in to our next episode. Thank you. How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation is brought to you by eClubs. For more information about services and how we can help your business leverage the power of AI and machine learning, visit our website at www.eclerks.com. That's www.eclerks.com.
www.hdrx.com. Don't forget to search for How to Grow Using AI, Machine Learning, and Intelligent Automation on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. On behalf of everyone here at eClux, thanks for listening.